0: Show me the man you honor, and I'll show you what kind of man you truly are. Those are some of the best words I could find to describe today. A lot of firsts going on today for me personally. I've never preached a pastor's appreciation before. I've also never finished somebody's sermon series before. Because today we're finishing up Forgotten Virtues Honor. Folks, I have to admit to you before I start today, that I learned a lot myself this week. See, I, like most of us in the world, have confused the word respect with the word honor. They are not the same. To honor someone biblically has nothing to do with the respect you have. Although I'll say, usually you'll only honor those you do respect. Let's get into it this morning. If you would, let's start in Romans Chapter 12, verse 9 this morning. Actually, yeah. And if you would stand with me for the reading of the word this morning. Romans 12 and verse 9. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned to one another. With brotherly love. In honor, preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your word that is enduring and has endured and will endure through all eternity. God, we thank You for this precious book You've given to us. By it, God, we can know Your thoughts, Your plans, Your desires for us and the very essence of who You are because it's the words that You have spoken and given unto us. We thank You for the Word this morning. God, we ask today that Your anointing would have preeminence in this place. Lord, that You would touch, Lord, as You desire to do today in my life and the life of all those in this church. God, we need to understand and know things that we've somehow seem to have forgotten and honor as one of them today, Lord. Help us as we look at your word, not to look, Lord, so much to, God, to where we, Lord, have done things right. But God, help us see what we've done wrong so that we can correct them, God. Because you desire for us to be a people of this book and our lives should fit inside the pages of your holy Bible. God, help us, Lord, as we look at that Word today for it to illuminate our life. In Jesus' name, amen. When we were in high school, we took our senior trip to Washington, D.C. and New York. Without going into too much detail, the class before us had went on a cruise. And there were certain things that were legal once you got out in international waters that weren't legal anywhere else. So they didn't let us go on a cruise. That wasn't happening. But we did go to Washington, D.C. and New York. And for that, I'm very thankful. Because Washington, D.C., there's a lot of monuments there. There are a lot of museums, landmarks, all in that northern area where the colonies first originated at, where America was founded and settled. There are a lot of things there to mark. Days gone by and, and things gone by and events People and places. See, this world tries to honor. However, it only seems to honor those who they deem are great. Those who gave to a great cause or have done some great feat. But what about the rest of the world? Folks, there are people in our lives every day that deserve our honor. And we need to learn as God's people what it is and how to start giving it. Amen? I want to share with you for a few minutes about that issue because if we truly live like the Word of God says and honoring others, it will change things around us for greater good starting today. Amen? The background of what we read this morning, the Apostle Paul probably wrote this letter to the Romans from Corinth on his third missionary journey. By now he's an aged man who had learned a lot of things about God and his kingdom. In the beginning of this chapter 12, he had talked about some great truths. Talked about being a living sacrifice, which is our spiritual act of worship. He had talked about not having conformity to the standards that the world presents. He had actually talked about us being transformed in our minds and having our minds renewed by the Word of God so that we think like he thinks, so that we can... Know the will of God for our lives and the gifts that God has given unto us. Although that leads up to what I read to you this morning. In the middle of this chapter, Paul talks about a five-letter word that many Christians today don't understand. And I have to admit, I didn't really understand the implications like I do now after having studied it for today. That word is honor. Honor means to put value on something for it to have weight, or for it to be precious to you. Sometimes when we look at the opposite, it helps us better understand what we're looking at. To dishonor means to treat as common, ordinary, and of no value. In our passage, honor actually means in the Greek language to go before as a guide. See, when I honor others in my relationships, Honor will show me the places that I want to see in the relationship I have with that other person. It'll guide me. This is how the verse reads in the English Standard Version. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. To outdo is to do with eagerness or to take the lead. As Christians, we're to outdo one another or take the lead in honoring Others putting value on them, considering them precious. Folks, this is kingdom living. This is how God's children are supposed to live. Honor is destroyed by me putting my needs, my wants, and my cares above others. The companion passage to this is in Philippians 2 and 3. It reads, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Therefore, the way to honor is to put their needs, their wants, and their desires before mine. You know, it sounds a lot like the words of Jesus, doesn't it? He who seeks to be first shall be last. He who's last shall be first. Jim Elliot said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Folks, the way of the Christian, the way of the Master, the one that is our Lord, is for us not to be first. If He would have been first, I submit to you today that He would not have went to Calvary. No, He chose rather to be the servant to us by doing the Father's will. Let's look at some examples of honor today. Ephesians 6, verses 2 through 3. We're to honor parents. It says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. The Bible teaches that if we honor our parents, we will live a long and prosperous life. Folks, there are no shortcuts. Shortcuts don't work. Today, and I think I was there before as a young person, but young people, I'm, I'm speaking especially to you right now. Today, the world will tell you that successes in a college degree or a great paying job. Friends, and our popularity. These are good, but prosperity and longevity in life will come from honoring your parents. That's the Word of God. And, and to give you an illustration of that, I was thinking of this week when we went to my aunt's funeral. She was 76 years old. One of 10 kids in my mother's family. My mother passed at a young age from an automobile accident. But you know that was the only other one to have passed so far? And half of them are in their 80s. They're all two years apart. Eight, eight of them still live because they had godly parents They might not have agreed with their parents, but they honored their parents. I know from knowing their life. I know from watching them growing up. They might have had disagreements with one another, but it didn't happen at mom and daddy's house. It never was brought up. It never was mentioned. They honored their parents. And God has honored them with long life. And you know, some of them are definitely what I would consider elderly and probably get around the most people I know that are 50 and 60. Because God has honored them. Just as an example today. We're also to honor our spouse. 1 Peter 3 and 7 says, Husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Come here, Destiny. I want to give you an illustration of this. Take this. I want you to give it to somebody and then come back up here. It doesn't matter who it is. Yep, it doesn't matter. You give it to who you want to give it to. I'm giving to give you an illustration of this this morning. Come back up here and I'll ask you something. Was that hard to do? No, because it wasn't yours, right? Thank you. Have a seat. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? It wasn't hard for her to do because it didn't belong to her. As a husband, and this hits me square on the shoulders... Husbands, it's time for you to love your wives and honor them. It's not yours. It's not theirs. It's ours because God has given it to us. It doesn't belong to us. So there's no sense in it being hard for us to give it and to share. We need to honor our spouses today. Giving is easy when we realize that we are stewards rather than owners. It also says in this passage that if if we men would start giving and stop taking, our prayers wouldn't be hindered. I know this doesn't feel good today, but it didn't feel good a week and a half ago either. Hallelujah. It's the truth. We're also to honor those in authority, such as our pastors, our church leaders. Romans 13 and verse 7. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Folks, this has to do with government, has to do with teachers. Anyone might be an authority over you, boss. Folks, you have to honor the position. We must be respectful and honor the position. Because you know why? You know what the rule is in the kingdom of God? If you want to be over something, you got to be able to be under don't ever expect to lead unless unless you can follow. Because that's God's plan and God's design. He designed it that way, not you and I. Amen? I didn't write down this verse as far as where it's found, but it's in the Bible. I wrote down the wrong one. I know because... I just read Romans 13 and 7 and this has the same one. But the Bible says, Let the elders that rule be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. See folks, today, honor is something we give. Respect is earned. Honor can't be taken. Honor must be given today. Far too many people in the Christian life that I have known want to take honor. They want to demand others to give them honor, to put my needs above your needs. Human nature is the same as it was in days past. In Matthew 15 and 8, Jesus said, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. See, today, honor is shown in word and deed. Almost the same as James would talk about faith. He said, You show me your faith by your works and I'll show you my faith with my works. I'm not just talking about faith. I'm living faith. What to do if I find I've not been honoring others as I should? Make a change. Today is a good day. The Bible actually says today is the day of salvation. Because you know, biblically, you might have been saved in the past, but you're being saved today and you will be saved in that day when you arrive inside the kingdom. It's not a once-time event, folks. God's with us today. Paul wrote to Timothy how to move from a vessel of dishonor to a vessel of honor. When he wrote and said, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor." sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Simply put, to honor others, I must separate myself from any form of dishonor. And i got to be honest with you today. When I started studying this, I said, Lord, I didn't know I was doing wrong that often. And I'll tell you why in a minute, and you'll get it. This week, you will get an opportunity to honor, treat as valuable, precious, or you will dishonor, treat as common and ordinary. As we make the choice to honor, we're doing, what we're doing is cleansing ourselves, therefore becoming more useful to the Master. When we honor God, we honor His people. You know why? Because His name is on them. See, when we were born again, my, my given name last name is Jones. But if you will, my, my given last name could be Jehovah today. Because we were born into His family. And you know, the old saying, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. But you know what? You can honor your family. You can honor them. Numbers 6 and 27 reads, And they shall put My name upon the children of Israel, and I will bless them. Getting to where we're trying to get to today. Romans 5 and 8. But God commendeth His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know what that means? Jesus honored you before you ever came to Him. He treated you as precious and valuable and something to be desired. He showed you honor by extending His hands on the cross, allowing men to pierce His hands and His feet and put thorns on His head and pierce His side with a spear. He showed you and I honor today, but not just you and I, the whole world. While we were yet sinners, Christ died. That's why honor is important. Because He didn't just die for us. He died for the whole world. 2 Corinthians 5 and 14 reads, For the love of Christ constrains us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then all were dead. The sin problem was taken care of at the cross is basically what that verse is saying. God took care of it in His Son. One died, therefore we can all be considered dead. He made us worthy to receive the grace, the manifold grace of God today. Wow. Let me share with you a story. Then I have a couple of poems here. I'm almost done. It doesn't take me long. I haven't been preaching long enough to uh, know how to keep things going, but that's okay. I read of a woman when I was studying this who had moved to a small town. After being there a short time, she complained to her neighbor about the poor service she received at a local drugstore. She was hoping her new acquaintance would repeat her criticism to the store's owner. The next time the newcomer went to the drugstore, the druggist greeted her with a big smile, told her how happy he was to see her again, and said he hoped she liked their town. He also offered himself as a resource to the woman and her husband as they got settled in. Then he took care of her order quickly and efficiently. Later, the woman reported the incredible change to her friend. I suppose you told him how poor I thought the service was, she declared. Well, no, the neighbor said. In fact, and I hope you don't mind, I told him you were amazed at the way he had built up this small town drugstore and that you thought it was one of the best run drugstores you had ever seen. Now, there's a little bit of untruth there. But what the lady was doing was honoring this friend she had just met. She wasn't gonna spread the the bad feelings she had and everything that she felt, but she honored her friend, and when it came up, she told them how she wanted things to be. And by honor being given, that circumstance changed. It was completely different the second time around, was it not? Let me share with you a couple of poems. The gift. This pastor appreciation poem is based on Ephesians four eighteen through 13, which reads, When Jesus ascended to the heights, he led a parade of captives and gave gifts to his people. He is the one who gave these gifts to the church, pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. When Jesus celebrated His victory over sin and death, He chose to send gifts to, set to those He set free. He could have, of course, chosen to give us anything. Knowledge, spiritual growth, protection from the evil one, or even comfort during trials. In the end, though, when Jesus celebrated his victory over sin and death, he chose to give us all of these things because, pastor, He chose to give us you. One more I want to share, and you'll recognize it right away, because it's taken straight from the Bible. Just adapt it a little bit. Our shepherd. The Lord gave us a shepherd. We're no longer in want. He helps us find God's green pastures. He leads us along still waters, and He is used by God to restore our souls. He guides us by straight pathways, bringing honor to God's name. When we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we're not afraid because He walks with us. He's teaching and correcting, correction, comfort, and strengthen us. He helps us stand strong in the face of evil. He is the oil of healing and health in our souls. Through Him, God has overflowed our lives with blessing. Goodness and mercy are sure to follow us all of our days. And we are secure in eternal life because the Lord gave us a shepherd. Would you stand with me today? Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast of East Point Church of God and Pastor Larry Sterling. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.